problem. I'll read it. It'll make a change. She was almost at the end, those weak scenes where Tom Sawyer steps in and screws up the plot, when Misha showed up. She slipped the book quickly under the mattress and watched as he unbuttoned his flies. So, this was it. At last. It had been a long time coming, but she'd always known he'd try. It took him less than a minute to rip every shred of clothing off her. She fought hard, and as he held her down, managed to get her thumb and forefinger into the socket of one eye. Misha froze. He could move, he knew, but he also knew the hold she had on him, knew that he'd leave the eye behind if he did. She squeezed a little, dug her thumbnail into the eyeball. Had they told you to kill me, Misha? The other eye stared motionless at her. Speak, damn it! No, he said. If you finish what you started, you'll have to kill me. Because if you don't, I'll kill you. And if they still want me alive, I wouldn't want to be in your shoes. Capiche? She squeezed again. He yelled. She'd let him go. He backhanded her across the face and stomped out. After that, he beat up on her regularly, but he never tried to fuck her again. She'd already lost track of the days and weeks, but not long afterwards, it seemed, Yuri appeared in the early morning with one of her suitcases and one of her coats, the ankle-length black number she'd bought in Paris on her last trip there. He set down the case quietly and threw the coat to her. "'Kest not a clout till may be out,' he said. "'We're leaving?' He nodded. Was this the end? A car ride out to the forest, a bullet in the back of the head, an unmarked grave, and her KGB service record erased? One more anonymous Khrushchev casualty? I'm sorry, Major, he said. It's only another hotel. We'll be there in half an hour. Half an hour? Half an hour outside, light. Air. Movement. The car was a battered Moskvich saloon, a drab shade of no colour, crude and angular like a pre-war Citroen, the classic Gestapo car, redrawn by a clumsy child. At least it had a heater. The Russians were way ahead of the French, light years ahead of the English, in putting heaters in cars. It smelt like frying tripe, but it was warm. Yuri drove. Misha sat in the back with the Major, looking bored and tired, legs spread, fat thighs taking up the lion's share of the seat. The Major stared out of the window. Once or twice, when he caught sight of her in the mirror, Yuri could have sworn she was smiling to herself as one thing or another flashed by her gaze. Two blocks from Red Square, the thin line of traffic stopped moving. A few cars came up behind them, blocked the street, and honked a couple of times. "'Get out and look,' Big Misha said through a stifled yawn. "'Boss, it's bollock freezing out there. Do it!' Yuri did up the top buttons of his pea-jacket and stepped into the street, his breath billowing out in front of him in white clouds. A few minutes later he was back. He bounced into his seat and slammed the door. "'Thanks,' he said. 
Tanks and troop transporters and ICBMs and thousands of poor fucking Ivans all rehearsing May Day. It'll be half an hour before they pass the end of the street. Misha looked behind them at the growing line of stalled traffic. Shit, he said. We'll just have to sit it out. Pass the time. The Major watched. He undid his oatmeal-coloured, double-breasted overcoat, then popped his fly-buttons and got out his cock. It rose up, uncircumcised and ugly, rolling back its little bonnet in greedy anticipation. Sweet lips you have, Major. He wasn't kidding. He was pushing his luck. She could hardly believe hers. She put out her hand and stroked it. He closed his eyes, and she felt an involuntary judder pass through him. Then she snapped it back and heard it crack like willow as ten thousand engorged blood vessels ruptured.